Well, 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 music fans, and welcome back to the the podcast about how music is. We need to explain it to women. And oh. my name is May, and I'm a woman. I need explained music to. Well, you see, mayhem is actually mayhem. Okay, here's well, the deal with mayhem. Birth, with mayhem. Look, look, Varg was not technically in mayhem you know okay well Varg actually he he technically was but he was never actually technically fired so that's a myth <laughs> if you if you if you look at it Varg's really not that problematic he's really not and also you have to look at his influence on the genre it's such an important anyway Listen, hi nazi, everybody nazi socialist black metal gets such a bad rap oh jesus christ hi everybody <laughs> we're making jokes because uh God damn. Uh, the thing I learned this week was that music fans love to explain things to women, and I can't stop joking about it. Anyway, I, I am, in fact, Maylietz. That is my name. Uh, I'm Neo. Yeah, I'm... and we're... Uh, we're podcasters. We're podcasters. Yeah, you know that thing where they're like, there's that like group of kids in the room, and they're like, let's discuss Fortnite. That's <laughs> what we're gonna do today. Only about a movie that no one gives a fucking shit about, including like God and your parents <laughs> and everyone. Like I can't imagine but a single soul. Th it was frustrating because it's so. Fucking close. It's it, it's an edging it sort is, of experience. It, it is it is like it's like in Always Sunny because I've been compulsively watching that show. When, right. When they're like so close to making the right choice, and because it's always sunny, they make the worst possible choice. Right. It is that, but unironically, in an actual movie. Yeah. With Jack Black. I'm gonna admit that the moment that Jack Black walked on screen, I went, "Oh, I don't know." <laughs> I, went, I went, "I went, no way." He's oh, I in don't this know. <laughs> yeah, I was. I don't know. It was just like, I don't know. There was a part of me that was kind of Gonzo excited about the whole thing. I so the first time I saw that. Oh, okay. So we're talking well, we're about high like, fidelity. But before we get any further, okay, into yeah, high we're fidelity, getting way ahead of ourselves. We like to thank our sponsors, uh, Machine Age Productions and RPG Hashtag I Hunt. We like to thank Ambient Dream Studio and their uh, it's an Etsy store. Um, we also <laughs> want to uh, just point y'all towards Patreon.com/slash Excrement. We are uh, taking more sponsors right now. Yeah. So if that's something if you're you interested want us, in, if you want us to stumble stumble through an ad read with with your product or service yeah give us some good comedic potential you know yeah. what i mean like give us a good a good thing to do a yeah, bit on let us advertise i don't know patreon condoms. missiles yeah uh, or condoms condoms um, like we'd also like to point y'all towards uh our our subreddit uh, oh yeah we have a subreddit uh, now r slash your take is excrement yeah i'm gonna do an ama hopefully this weekend okay uh, y'all can find my my reddit account full of uh the most nerdy things you can think of. I did an AMA. It went so badly. It went badly? Yeah, everybody attacked me for yeah. being an asshole. Did they, did they cancel you they, for your political beliefs? They did. did were you... Never mind, I'm not even going to make that we joke. Keep, no, let's just keep on going. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. Jokes aside, um, today we watched High Fidelity. Now, I know you're thinking... Who cares? What is that? Well, so season, uh, what, four? Is yes. The bit is that we're doing these, like, Sigma movies, and this is a covert, important Sigma movie. And many, 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 uh, like, asshole dudes I've known in my life have not only loved this movie, but literally, like, saw themselves as, it's literally me. Yeah. Um, and it's like, this movie in my opinion, is about how 4chan music has completely rotted everyone's <laughs> brains. Yeah. And they need to take a, uh, a large appliance and remove the bug from their ass and get the fuck over themselves. Yeah. I um, mean, well, I mean, but that's... See, the, how it's subversive is, is that's how the movie starts, and it does evolve into something else. But I think, like, there's the good narrative of, of, of like like uh, you know 4chan obsessed moo board enjoyer yeah. learns how to be an actual fucking human um but that's not the direction this movie takes and it's, it's edging on that bizarre for sure. but it would have been like like it would have been such a good movie if it was well, okay so so describe the movie the movie opens with the main actor i can't remember his name john cusack john cusack he's staring at the camera and he's saying you know you know, there's all this talk about trying to keep guns away from kids, but no one ever talks about trying to keep music away from kids because 
Because music introduces kids to despair. Yeah, well, and, and... And he's like, he is making eye contact with you. He opens with this thesis statement that they never really return to, but, no. like, I do... It's a valid question, which is, am I miserable because I listen to pop music, or is pop music miserable because I'm miserable and I consume miserable music? Right. Like, chicken or egg? Is so, it my fault, or is it the music's fault? Yeah. So the movie starts, uh, so he he has that, like, borderline school shooter monologue at you. Then his girlfriend is, like, wa- he, you find out he is doing this monologue because his girlfriend is leaving him. And as she's leaving, he's like, all right, top five list of hardest breakups. And he names off five five women, none of which are who are his girlfriend. And he's trying to use that to be like, you see that? I'm not that fucked up, you crazy bitch and he's like he's like leaning out of a window screaming about how not fucked up he is well and then you learn about his breakups and they're all pathetic and childish yeah so well, it's it's kind of like a scott pilgrim versus the world it's a actually. little scott pilgrim um i like scott pilgrim better than this movie well i like it better yeah but i also am a known uh scott pilgrim versus the world not enjoyer yeah uh, I'm, a, I'm a known edgar wright sympathizer Oh, okay. Um, uh, I like Edgar Wright. I I don't like Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. I think Scott Pilgrim is is a is a dirty story for dirty little boys. No, I, I agree with you. I just I just like like I I just I don't know it, something about Edgar Wright's style like latch like brainworms into my ADHD brain. Oh yeah. Well, he's got that like there. style of just like everything's moving. We're not talking about Edgar Wright no, today. No, we're not. We're talking about high fidelity. Should so, should we talk about Edgar Wright in the Sigma yes, season? Absolutely, we should. Hell we yeah. should talk about Baby Driver. That's a Sigma movie. Is it? Yes, it is. In my opinion. Anybody agree with me at home? Yeah. I Okay, okay. No, the the big question, we're going to open with the big question. What's what's more Sigma? Um uh Scott Pilgrim Versus the world or Baby Driver? Uh, I'm going to say Scott Pilgrim. And the only reason is because it's more gamer adjacent. <laughs> and Baby Driver is more moo board adjacent. Yeah. So it's like, which, <laughs> which, which, which poison? Which, which is it? Is it R slash? What, what's the gaming one? G? I don't fucking, I don't fucking know. I, 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 here, here's what I out myself as a not 4chan enjoyer. I don't, oh. know, the, I don't know the fucking boards. Wow. Yeah. Um, uh, my boarding school had it blocked, so you couldn't access it. That's probably good. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all don't need to be watching gore porn no. at your little Christian boarding school. Yeah. Uh, uh, so Anyway. So the thing I wanted to say about High Fidelity before we even get started is that there's everything about this movie uh, going for it. For instance, it's basically just a, a straight up jacked fucking uh, uh, Richard Linklater cast. Like, it's just a Richard Linklater cast, which is great. I love Richard Linklater casting. Right. Um, I don't, you have, have you seen, um, oh my God. Well, have you seen School of Rock? No. Okay. School of Rock in my brain is like the music movie that's like the anti-Sigma male movie, which is ironic because Jack Black and Joan <laughs> Cusack are also in that. But, uh, Should we just watch School of Rock? Not even for the podcast, no, just to watch School it. of Rock is one of my favorite movies. Hell yeah, that's not even it. a joke. Um. Yeah, no, we should. I I love that fucking movie. But uh but anyway, like high fidelity in in my brain is almost like the adult version of a school of rock. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? In a, in a sense where it's just kind of like um what music does to older people. Right. Like people who are obsessed with like elitist relationships to music. Right. Like what that kind of ends up manifesting well, in the later in their life it's like it's like if, if 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 you if if the the high schooler who never got off the mew board like never got punched in the face enough yeah you know that's pretty fair like well like, like he never went through anything bad or no. hard in his whole life no like he's complaining about his like his like elementary school girlfriend yeah. and how she broke his heart and it's like wow so nothing bad ever happened to you, right. huh? Like, damn. And you're sitting there like wallowing yeah. and listening to tunes and being like, girls don't like me. It's so incel. Yeah. Well, like, 
Anyway, so I'm sorry, I distracted you from from the point you were making. Yeah, well, the big point I was making was that there was a time many, many moons ago when I was, like, a young child, and high fidelity, okay, it's, you had asked before the podcast, what does that even mean? Like, what does the title of that mean? Um, Well, in relationship to, like, the movie. Well, there's, like, a couple of different options. Like, fidelity is often considered, um, like, um... Like okay, well, infidelity is considered uh, basically like uh, a crime to to tear apart something from its belonging, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, like a lot of people would say, like cheating, right, mm-hmm. is like infidelity, right? Yeah. Because you're like not conforming to the relationship you're in, right? And then fidelity, on the other hand, would be conforming. So right. when it says high, when the the title is high fidelity, what it's actually referring to is a cassette. Cassettes are either low fidelity or high fidelity. Yeah. Low fidelity being that it doesn't and like it doesn't have quite the cohesion and quite the like um like the tape itself doesn't have quite the the range and balance. Mm-hmm. Um whereas high fidelity is considered like the standard for how people do tape because it's so like uh you, you there's a lot of detail in it and shit. Right. So, um when this movie is called High Fidelity, it is simultaneously trying to make a reference to the tape thing, but also trying to talk about relationships and commitment. Right. And so the movie is ultimately about commitment, but it does it through elitism. Yeah. And then it backtracks on its commitments in weird ways and then just kind of gives up. Yeah. So the title is a little bit self-defeating in my opinion, because I don't find the movie to be very high fidelity um it's not very like i don't feel like the ideas conform well to Uh themselves i feel like i'm gonna be like hypercritical about this movie (laughs) i i am too and 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 we're gonna explain the reason that we're really getting elbow deep into this movie and ripping it to shreds well, so we um, picked this one this week because I was like, okay, you know, you got your standards, you got your American Psycho, your Fight Club, your Drive, stuff like that, but it's almost little things like this that don't get discussed whatsoever that yeah. kind of ingrain themselves weirdly in, in the male psyche, and I find that they have a tendency to uh, to manifest yeah. in deep and terrible ways. So more than anything, I wanted to talk about like how this movie, I think manifest in deep and terrible ways see this is like so falling down right we were talking about how it's a movie that is attempting to criticize the way that like men in society have a tendency to benefit from the the chaotic crime that white men commit Mm -hmm. um and don't realize that that's like an act of villainy this movie is about like it's not even it doesn't even go that far really into trying to be about something uh, critical of sigma male behavior right it's it's instead like it it gets there but then ultimately it continues to blame women i don't understand that like the, so so on its face the movie very openly blames women for all these like breakups all this music that the guys en- enjoys like his bad life his weird elitism not realizing that he owns a record store is a dj has dated many people has a beautiful apartment has thousands of records which were not cheap by the way and it's like you know <clears throat> I don't even know if the filmmaker realizes really how privileged the main character is. Right. And that carries through the entire movie. And by the end of it, you're like, dang, this sucks. Yeah. Fuck this scumbag. Yeah. And so like what the movie basically is about is like how to do better business practices by letting your elitism, you know, hide inside of you. It's about having better relationships with women because you, uh, like, let yourself flirt with the idea of, of cheating on them, but you don't actually do it. Right. And, like, ultimately, he's got a heart of gold in there. It's just buried under all this bullshit. Under all the cynicism. And, yeah, exactly. So, you know, any guy watching the movie would be like, that's like me. I'm a good guy. 
it's just buried under all this cynicism. Yeah. And it's like, it's not just cynicism, it's misogyny. And right. I think that that's one of the elements of the movie that, like, has has gone rather unspoken. Well, so I'm going to finish the summary of the movie. So I can, oh, yes. We, so we I probably can, need to do that. So I can voice my big, my complaint about it. Yes. Um, so, uh, so his girlfriend's leaving him. He makes, like, one of the things they frequently do in the movie is, is like, top five lists. That's, like, a reoccurring bit. Yeah. Well, so that thing, the top five list thing, in my opinion, is a bit, like... It's not really how music fans are, but it's it's like desert islanding. It feels very twelve years old. Well, like, they, they 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 literally like the first time, or like at, at, in the opening scene, he's like, "All right, desert island top five. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like the desert island top five hypothetical is something that like you do when you're like sixteen with your friends, and then you can always tell when a date is going badly because a guy will whip out the desert island top five. And so, like, you're on a date with somebody, right? And you're trying to talk just about life, just about shit. And then they, like, run out of shit to say. So they're just like, uh... All right, top five favorite movies. Let's go. Let's hear it. And it's just like... I don't find that... And this is a point of contingency, and I, I feel like this is my big point here, actually. I don't think that media is my life. I don't think it reflects my life. Mm-hmm. I, I think that media reflects the way that I like to think about different and explore different ideas and people. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that the media itself has made me, me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I I. I ultimately reject this idea that your personality comes from the media you consume. I think, like, this is this is the contingency at the very beginning of the movie, the thesis statement at the very beginning of the movie. Does pop music make you miserable, or does you being miserable make you listen to pop music? And the reality is, everybody listens to pop music. <laughs> <laughs> so, some people, like, listening to it and becoming a fucking school shooter asked about it, then, like, okay... You took a wrong turn somewhere, probably. Um, and so it's got this whole, like, we should blame the music, or we should blame me, or we should blame the fact that I molded my personality out of all this music. And in my onion, it's just like, don't, maybe, maybe don't let media tell you who you are. Right. You can explore it skeptically, but I don't... I. The, people always say this is the movies that molded us and it's like molded us like yeah. you know what i mean like i like Mulholland drive it's my favorite movie you know i think that i connect with its ending message rather a lot but i would not say that i am remotely like naomi watts in the movie Mulholland drive like there's not a part of me that went oh shit i need to be like that person right now mm-hmm. and so high fidelity is almost the safest, weirdest way to be like, um, you, I mean, you can basically just build your whole personality out of media. Yeah. And everybody pointed at the movie, soy-faced, and went, ooh-woo, literally me. I make my life out of media. Mm-hmm. I am only a collage of the movies and music and bad relationships that have been in my life. And I ultimately reject this. And so I find the point of the movie to be absurd, bizarre, and self-defeating on its face. Uh, And I would encourage anybody who genuinely thinks that media is going to develop your soul. um, I don't think that's true. I, I don't think that media is you. I don't think that media is your soul. And so I'm almost like using... I feel like I want to use high fidelity as a way to extrapolate out my belief on the literally who genre or the literally me genre. Like this character is just me because like a no, they're not B you should not be like these people. C 
artists typically build people up to criticize them, and stories usually have arcs. So you start a character off as a douchebag, and by the end of the movie, you're supposed to like have him learn something mm-hmm. and then become better. And so understand that the people that identify with this shit, they're not identifying with the second half of the movie where the character becomes better. They're identifying with the villainy and the deep-seated like confusion and rage and even misogyny of the first half of the movie. Mm-hmm. So when they say, this is building my personality, this is what my personality is built out of, they're saying it's built out of uncritical analysis of things that are dangling in their face to say, this is just like you. Mm-hmm. And it's not. And it doesn't have to be. So I feel like this is kind of that Ouroboros thing with with a lot of dudes, especially how they interact with art. Or it's like, you don't have to make the art be you. And you, like, it's a self-defeating cycle to continue to push yourself into the art. Let the art become you. Push everybody out of your life. Continue to push yourself into the art, right? And, and, and you're not experiencing it. It's almost like it's providing some, like, some bedside manner to your weird hospice of death. Like, mm-hmm. you're just, like, listening to music to to celebrate your own like despair and demise and that's just not what it's for Mm -hmm. like i feel like that's almost like an insult to music in and of itself and so i don't know i feel like this is the rare music movie where i fundamentally disagree entirely with its opinion and viewpoint on music right all together just all together Mm mm-hmm continue all right so moving <laughs> moving past the first scene yeah we've finally got um so we we then find out that scumbag mcgee runs a record store he has two part-time employees that are there every hour the store is open because they have nothing better to do and the three store employees are all giant elitist assholes to everyone who walks in the store to the point intentionally. of intentionally to the point of like intentionally driving people out who they don't think have have proper tastes. Right. And so you have this thing where where douchebag McGee is trying to get over his breakup and he's sitting there watching his employees drive customers out and he's thinking, Yeah, I should have had better tastes coming in my store asking for insert, like whatever. But it, it but 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 someone calls them out and someone's like yeah but you all like the thing that they were asking for and they're like yeah but we have better tastes yeah and they're like and he's like yeah but all of y'all own that record yeah you uh, have to have listened to it in detail to have developed this shitty opinion about how people are bad for listening right to it. well well but they all like it right exactly they, they just hate other people who like it because they're elite like they're just scumbags um, so someone, so there's literally a character who like someone's trying to buy a record and they're like, no, you can't have this record. Get out of the store. And he's like, you can go buy it at fucking Walmart. Yeah. You know and what then, I mean? And then this other character is like, the other guy's like, Hey, can I buy that? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. He's like, why didn't you sell it to the other guy? And they're like, well, cause you have good taste. Well, and he wanted it. Yeah. And it, that was the problem. He wanted it. And so their mentality there is that music should be inaccessible. Right. To the people who desire it deeply. Yeah. And like, it's a Captain Beefheart record that they're referring to in the moment where mm-hmm. they're talking about. And if you know anything about Captain Beefheart, which I don't even know if the movie does, uh, that's a good question. It's like fucking insane, gnarly, psychedelic music. And <clears throat> like, like acid jazz kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And like somebody specifically asking for a specific Captain Beefheart record probably knows more about that kind of vibe than you do so you might as well just go ahead and give it to right them. and like the other guy is just like oh shit i like that record that's pretty rare i'll give you 50 bucks for it uh-huh. and it's just like like i understand the idea of it's just a commodity but if it's just a commodity but if it's just a commodity, you should probably consider selling it to the people that des- that actually desire it. And I, I, I know that the movie is trying to set up and criticize this behavior, right? Mm-hmm. But my point, I think, more is that in because it's the literally me genre, 
they watch it and they go, ha ha, I'd do that. I'd be like, yeah, you can't have this record. But then some other guy, I'd be like, absolutely, you can have it. You know, and it's just like, I like to be the arbiter of who gets to have the music. And it's it's kind of like a movie that is like three assholes all competing constantly to grab the aux cable. Mm-hmm. And you're like, if y'all don't stop, I'm going to throw myself out of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, continue. Um, so that the character who they eventually sold the Captain Beefheart record to was literally like, hey, you know if y'all weren't such giant elitist assholes, you'd probably run a, like a successful business, right? Yeah, people would probably actually buy music here. And then they're all like, huh, food for the thought. Yeah, people in, oh, people intentionally don't shop here because we're assholes? Yeah. Interesting. So um, as, as they're learning to not be giant elitist musical pricks... Um, and Captain Douchebag is going through his breakup. Yeah. Um, he he's he keeps on communicating with a mutual friend of him and his girlfriend. Uh, and then so at one point she walks in, just walks into the store, yells like "You fucking asshole!" at him, and then leaves. And he's like, "Yeah, I knew that would happen." So and he like looks at the camera. He's like, "All right, so here's what happened. She had a conversation with my ex, and my ex told her at least two of like four things. One." That that like that 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 I got her pregnant, uh, and then cheated on her while she was pregnant. Like two that the like the 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 pregnancy was terminated. Uh, I can't remember three. I I can't remember the other two, but like he's he's like it's at this moment where he's like he's moping around because he's like because he's like what what did I do? Women hate me. Like you know I haven't done anything wrong with women. Women just hate me, and then. He like literally sits down and is like, all right, well, here's the truth. I got her pregnant, cheated on her. And then made her get an abortion. Made her get an abortion and then told her that I was interested in seeing other people. So, uh... So, it's like, damn. You deserved it. Yeah, it's like, no wonder she packed up her things and left you. Like... Yeah, exactly. It's like, damn, it sounds like you're, you know... Oh, oh, oh he also told her he was unhappy in the relationship. Right. And it's like, and it's like, yeah. Well, if somebody did that, those four things, I too would leave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and, you know, and and also like, he's like, I have such a bad reputation with women, and it's kind of the there's the there's the Kanye thing too, mm-hmm. where there's like significant portions of Kanye music where he's just like, yeah, I got such a bad reputation with women, and it's it really makes my life difficult that I have such a bad reputation with women. And it's like, well, have you considered not beating them? Right. Yeah. <laughs> have you considered not uh, emotionally abusing them or manipulating them? Yeah. Because that typically works for uh, for any old uh, fuck just walking around the street. Right. You know, and so like. I, I can understand being like, oh, I have a very self-defensive reputation, but I don't quite understand. I've got this aggressive male bad behavior thing, and I cannot stand it that women all around town are telling each other not to fuck with me because I'm an emotionally abusive scumbag. How dare them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, But then also, I deserve it. It's that fucking narcissistic self-deprecation thing right they continue to see themselves as the main character so far as their main characterness is bolstered by the the flaws that they uh have Mm -hmm. and so they believe that until something comes along and changes them and makes them have a story they believe that they must continue to harbor their flaws and protect their flaws until someone can massage them out of them. Mm-hmm. And, like, the more uh, mature thing is, like, at any moment you can just go, I don't think I'd like to do this anymore, and then you can stop. But, like, they don't know that they're doing something shitty. Mm-hmm. Or they do, and they don't care. Or they do, and they like it because they think that it makes women attracted to them because women apparently like project people like they like project men where they're like okay this man is not perfect but a good man perhaps could become a great man one day and so the idea is like well if i bait them out with all these flaws you know somebody will eventually come along and change me but if i uh don't ever actually change and i don't want to uh, change 
ever uh, from these behaviors, then basically I'm just putting women into my life, expecting them to fix me. They don't fix me. I get resentful and then I attack them and myself for years. Mm-hmm. Continue. Okay. I, um, okay. So because of his, his plight, he decides that he's going to figure out why women hate him. So he starts to contact all of his top five list of, of breakups. Um, and then he starts to, and at the same time, he starts seeing this local musician who's like really good. That's kind of a weird plot they brought up and then ditched and then never like picked up. Uh, but so he's like, so he's seeing this local musician, he's contacting all these exes and he's, and he's finding out that they have complicated lives of their own. Right. They're really doing their own thing. Yeah. And, and like, and, and it turns out that, that, that if not, if, if, if all of their, their relationships failing, if it wasn't entirely him, he, he had equal blame. Right. So if it wasn't him being a giant prick to, to the women and them leaving him, like you know it was it was it was a mutual thing and so he he's starting to have this realization that oh women aren't out to get me my behavior is driving women away yeah um and so he he then upon having this realization starts to change like like this literally scene where he's like he's breaking the fourth wall he's talking to you uh, in the audience and he's explaining that that he is changing the way he's thinking about women to be less incelly. So he's literally adversarial. Yeah, he's like literally instead of thinking at you. Fi- like here's the top five things that I fucking hate about this bitch. Instead, he's like here's the top five things that I like. I guess yeah, that I miss about her. Right and shit. Um and so he's his business is starting to get successful. Um he's starting to be more at peace with himself because he's yeah. realized the cause of strife in his life is him and the only consequences he faces are the direct consequences of his own actions. Yeah. So he's learned to take responsibility for himself and his actions, and his life is getting better. Um, and the masculine then, urge to be a self-hating prick. Yeah. Anyway, continue. And then uh, his ex's dad dies. He goes to the funeral, um, and then she's like, I have to feel something, so either have sex with me or I'm going to go do self-harm. And he doesn't really respond, and then... She's like, just, just stay still. I'll do it. And then she kind of rapes him. Uh, yeah. Because there's never a point where he's like, <laughs> yes. He he just is like, uh, and then it happens. Yeah. Which isn't ideal. Um, but then they, that's the catalyst for them getting back together. And then, which is gross. Which is gross. And then. Like he, anyway. Then the rest of the movie is fucking bullshit. So he finds like whatever he finds, he finds a bunch of like fucking gutter punks that actually make good music. So he he's starts like, I'm gonna have a label. Yeah. I'm gonna release their their shitty music. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna produce y'all. Uh, he goes back to being DJ. His well, but there's this thing where his like girlfriend sets up this like big concert for him and his friends where they can all go and play their music. And it's like, it'll just be this big fun thing. And he like flips the fuck out at her and everyone else. Yeah, and treats it like it's this like absolute. It treats it like everyone's thing. attacking him. Yeah. But it's like, no, everyone is just trying to have fun. What? And, and, and it's not even, but this isn't presented as a bad thing. Like, this is presented as like, well, everyone shouldn't have like conspired to do this behind his back. Yeah. It's like, well, it's, but, like it's, it's surprising him with an opportunity. Yeah. Like, so, so anyway, so the, the well, there's also this like other plot where this this like there's this person who writes about music, um, who's who's uh he starts flirting with, and then gives that up because he wants to make a commitment to to girlfriend prime, right? Um, and then the movie ends after they've done this concert, and he's like. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna commit to this girlfriend. Uh, so my uh okay before we get into my my big my big gripes before I I get on my soapbox and rant we gotta do some ads. Oh, ads. Yeah. All right, so uh yeah we'll let you in, but like 
you got to have like some pretty good taste. So top yeah. five fucking bands. Let's top hear it. Five Let's, fucking go. Bands. Let's go. Let's well, go. Let's hear it. Number one is Radiohead. Uh, Silent Planet. Okay. Uh, number two, O Sleeper. Okay. Uh, <laughs> number three, I Hunt. Our hashtag I Hunt. By what is that? Machinist Productions. It's a. Uh, I've never uh, heard of that. Of course you haven't. No it's, one's heard of it. No one's heard of it. <laughs> um, it's a tabletop RPG about a an app where you go and you fight monsters in the gig economy. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you know. It's a great, great, great thematic experience while you're listening to the vinyl. Oh, okay. It uh, sounds good on vinyl. I see. 180 yeah. gram crisp. Crisp. Okay. Number um, four. Let's number go. Number four is Ambient Dream Studio. Okay. By uh, by the band Etsy. I guess. Oh, I, uh, uh, maybe. I, I think it it would it would actually be the album Etsy by Ambient Dream Studio. Oh, let's give oh. them some accreditation. You know what I mean? Uh, well, so isn't that that really cool ass psychedelic art that you see? It, it makes you see shit, right? Yeah. Yeah, you listen yeah, to the vinyl. It's like, it's like you, synesthesia. Yeah. Only you see things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it there. And there's uh, the fifth, uh, fifth one is the, uh, is, uh, oh, uh, uh, patreon.com slash excrement. That's by, your, fi- uh, that's one of your favorites. Yeah, it wow. is. Wow. That's five. fucking lame. So five, patreon.com slash excrement. That's that place where people go to donate a dollar to that podcast that sucks. Yeah. Damn it. Wow. Well, Okay. I would call your taste mid, so I'm going to let you in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I I was trying to think of, like, how I could marry this bit with, like, another stupid vinyl thing. Right. But but then apparently, like, the whole bit is just I'm a bouncer letting you into a record store. I mean, I guess that's a fun bit. Do record stores have bouncers? (laughs) No, but they should. They should? Yeah. Why? To be even more elitist? Yeah, I have to stand at the door. All right, what are you here for? And if they're, like... Um, I'm looking for uh, Folklore by Taylor well, Swift. I'd be like, go to Target! Where can I find a fucking elitist record store? Because it feels like every record store is like, we're the hardcore, we only carry the, the, the rarest, rarest records. And you go in and it's like, Slayer. Metallica. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, and well, it's like, god damn it. I feel like every record store is just like, hi, come on in. Why don't you Please, come on in? Come in why don't buy you anything? buy one? Come yeah. on. We. Oh, I love that record, and it doesn't matter what it is. And yeah. and like, uh, see, this is this is where another con- point of contingency, I suppose, with like, because like, people in this movie treats um, uh, people who like records as like hipster assholes. Yeah, and like, records are very popular and have been forever, yeah. and because um. Everybody buys them uh, who likes music. Uh, So, like, it's not quirky. It's not cottagecore or weird to have vinyl. It's an industry. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like people who are like, yeah, I'm a little, I'm weird, you know. I'm kind of a nerd. I I like Star Wars. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's the most popular movie of all time. So... You know what I mean? And so it's Not like as popular as Avatar. So these fucking guys, they're like, all right, I like, I like, uh, you know, I like music. So I guess I'm, I'm kind of weird. <laughs> and you're like, Haha, nope, everybody likes music. Anyway, sorry, I'm screaming. It's just everybody likes music, I like dude. This band. You probably have heard of them. It's uh, Pink Floyd. You know, Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. I, oh my God. Have you not listened to that one Radiohead record? You know, Pablo Honey. I know that. Okay. Anyway, we could talk at infinitum about this stupid shit, but uh, the name drops in this movie, right? Like, there are a couple. There's one point where he's like, yeah, people come in here because they want Zappa records, and I'm not talking about that bullshit reissue Zappa shit. I'm talking about that old shit where he's got the sticker on it and shit, (laughs) and it's like... I don't think that that's the thing that people give the most of a fuck about these days. Like... I know, I understand this movie came out a long time ago, but I mean, like, the, 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 the vinyl collectors that I know typically buy a lot of music they like. Well, and it's like all the music they listen to is weird pop stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like I, it's like a lot of vinyl that I've seen isn't contemporary pop. Right. I almost feel like if this movie was about, like, a black metal record store, 
and they were all a bunch of like douchebag 18 year old black metal assholes who got a fuckload of money from their parents to open a record store the whole movie would suddenly be at least a twinge more justified or would it just be lords of chaos i mean it would but (laughs) (laughs) it um, would literally just be lords of chaos it would except Uh, like jack black would murder (laughs) murder someone well i mean (laughs) hopefully hopefully me so i don't have to continue to watch the film uh the fucked up thing. No, uh, now no, I'm just seeing Jack Black and like, and like in like corpse paint, oh, like yeah. stabbing the shit out of the bald dude. The sequel for Tenacious D is gonna be fucking awesome. <laughs> um, so all right, it's time to hear you, bitch, um, Me bitch, at, at Infinum about how fucking. Well, okay. So my biggest fucking frustration is is like literally the first five minutes. I was like, I would like to declare jihad against this film, and I texted me i texted another friend and i was like this fucking movie is the worst is movie. the worst and then and then as as the the moment where where he starts to like realize that that he is the he is the cause of everything wrong in his life yeah and like the scene where the guy's like hey you know y'all are being really pretentious and, and elitist maybe y'all would have a successful business if you didn't do that Mm-hmm. It's like, oh shit! This movie's trying to talk about how you know, you know, you know how to how, how to like deprogram this like bullshit, and and, and 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 he's literally the main character is literally fourth wall breaking, talking about how to his how to like experience of how to like, stop being this exact prick. Yes, and, and and it's like literally, it's like yes, it's like the way you change your relationship with things is you literally go and you like rewire your brain, and I think it's like really cool that there is a scene in the movie where he's just talking about how to do that it's like i was like well well it's like why does everyone say this movie is like you know you know why does they say this movie sucks this is like this is really like hitting on the head i'm really like vibing on this yeah and then there's like the scene where like he has sex in the car you're gonna have to fuck me yeah i'm sorry my dad like, died you're going to have to it's like and it's just like have yeah you not, I, I agree women are crazy have you not well a it's 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 a really it's really shitty writing Oh, it's fucking abysmal. It is because it's like completely without any actual literal motivation. Right. Well, I've I've experienced death and grief, and at no point did I go, "Well, fuck, my dad died. I need to have sex with somebody." Right. You know, like that shit does not happen. A. No. B. If it did, it would turn out badly. And C. If you actually tried to make a commit uh, a commitment based relationship based on like a prior emotional abuse. Uh, a breakup in the past, which, which is evidence of future not working out, and then like, <clears throat> like literally the whole relationship is based on one bad, awkward sexual encounter now, and yeah. they're gonna base that to to deflect from her grief. Like her grief is absolutely going to take over this relationship, and he, an asshole, is not gonna be the most supportive of that. Right, and it's just gonna fall apart. Yeah. Like again, and so I understand that the movie's trying to say, see, all you gotta do is just rewire your brain and then everything just comes right to right. you. But but what's what's incredibly frustrating is like is is taking advantage of her in that state is the most beginning of the movie in silly bullshit right. possible. Well and where- so the question is like what what the fuck is the movie but, actually? Well, but I don't about? I don't think that I I don't think that the people making the movie see it that way. But Mm-mm. I think it's like if, if I were to make this movie good, like at this point in the movie, he's already like in a like kind of starting a relationship with that musician, like literally someone who's far better for him. Someone yeah. he literally talks about dreaming being with. Yeah, like so God, I wish I could be with a musician. He, like, liter- By the way, there are tons of those. Yeah, he like literally breaks things off with her so he can have post-father-death sex with someone who he has realized in this point in the movie isn't very good for him. Right. Like, it, it, and, and so it's like, just, just have the rest of the movie be like, literally, you can follow the same fucking beats. Just replace her with the musician. And it makes, and it even makes more fucking sense. It genuinely like, feels like the first half of this movie and the second half of this movie were made by different people who did not communicate. Yes. So, like, well, the whole thing of of her setting up the the show for him. Yeah. How the fuck did she do that? She 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 works at a law firm. But like, if you if you replace her 
with the other with the musician. She's a musician. Like right. it's like you know you know you know that is something like tenable to her. Right. It makes sense that she would do that. But the the thing is, I think also the movie didn't want to do a manic pixie dream girl thing where it was like, oh, he just needed to meet the right girl. But oftentimes that is an element to it. But you do need to meet the right person. But, but it's but but when, like like as as he's interacting with her, it is also very much very clearly showing that that it isn't his interactions with her that is changing him. It's literally him like like, like the reason he changed is because he he's been contacting his exes and he's been realizing that that he needs to take take blame for what he's done in his past relationships and and that that like um selflessness and I don't want to say selflessness but that like accountability is what is making this of uh, this relationship he's pursuing with the musician work right so, like it's not even like e- even if they were to do that it isn't the oh he meets the perfect girl and everything goes well right because, it's not a manic pixie dream girl thing because it's him working on himself and somebody being around to basically engage with that and so they and so it's like it's so fucking frustrating to me that they have one of the most like they like literally honestly there's 30 minutes of that movie that yeah. i think is perfect like i think it is like, like I think if you could, if you could recontextualize those thirty minutes, and if you could put them in a good movie, it would be amazing. Oh yeah, for sure. It would, but and but instead, they literally, and it's like, and it's not even like, like the path to make it not shitty is so obvious, and it's and it's it's Chekhov guns There's, in the movie, yeah. in the movie, like, they like demonstrate like, exactly, like it's it's like they they set the movie up for it to be good, and then they 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 make it as bad and 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 reducive and backwards as possible well so um this uh this movie has one giant flaw and in order to tell you the giant flaw i have to do a brain blast a decade ago um so (coughs) very briefly 10 years ago or whatever i was in a screenwriting class and i had watched the film high fidelity and i didn't like it very much and I said, I would like to write a feature film that was high fidelity, basically, only it was better. And so I made this determination that we're talking about now, which is like, okay, well, if we can just get it to where, you know, he realizes that he's the problem and that's the epiphany of the movie, like that's the big twist of the movie is him actually genuinely realizing that he was the problem and trying to genuinely do better. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Um, and so I began drafting it and I drafted like a treatment of the screenplay. And then I ended up actually doing two drafts of, of, an, of a final version of it, uh, which lie somewhere in a graveyard. And <clears throat> in this like scenario... I turned in a file to my screenwriting professor who then like had a conversation with me about high fidelity and about my script. And he said to me, uh, he, he was like this, uh, 35 year old gay, uh, guy named Kyle. No mm-hmm. joke. He was, that was my screenwriting. Kyle. Professor. Yeah. And so he's like, the problem with high fidelity is not that the movie doesn't commit to its themes. And this is the thing that you need to realize. The The problem with the movie is that there's no good reason for it to exist. <laughs> like, there's no good reason to have made high fidelity. And so if you're trying to do better high fidelity, you need to ask yourself the same question, which is, does, does this need to exist? And oftentimes, most of the time with stories, the answer is unfortunately, no, this does not need to exist. But the reasoning, the flaw, the big crippling flaw, passivity, passivity. The mm. main character of High Fidelity is a passive character. He goes to work, he goes to sleep. He bitches about things but he never changes and he Mm -hmm. doesn't know how and it's not that he rejects change it's that he doesn't know how and doesn't understand like the concept 
of being different than the shitbag he is. Right. And whenever they try to introduce the concept of change, I feel that it's the screenwriter implying that something arcing needs to occur so the movie doesn't look like it ends in the same place that it starts, or the movie's putting us back in the same place where it starts, and it's trying to demonstrate to us that passivity actually causes these problems. Mm -hmm. Like, being passive causes these problems. So, like, the screenplay that I had written, I found also contained the same passive character. Right. And that's the problem. But I, but I, I, I think, but he wasn't passive in the second act. He was only, he was passive in the first act. But that sex scene, right? Where, where we're like, right. she right. takes, right. But yeah. That's, but, but, but that's where the movie fall. Like, like that to me is the de- is where the movie dies. Cause right? it, it chooses because to let him continue it, yes. to be passive. But, but, but like, I, I feel like there's a reason for a movie like this to exist. Where a movie about, about, shitty scumbag dude who goes on a journey of self-discovery post breakup right to to try to justify his hate his misogyny and then he he discovers that 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 like no i shouldn't be misogynistic it's my fault right and then and so because he's passive in the first act of the movie uh until until uh the the mutual friend walks in and screams at him because he's an asshole yeah and 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 that puts him down a path of 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 like soul searching. So then 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 after that he is active in trying to fix himself. Right. And then you think he's made progress and then the movie then like crams him back into the passive scumbag duffel bag. Where but it's like but it didn't have to. And if it didn't do that, I think it would have been a very very good fucking movie. I'm going to say a very mom thing, but I notice in a lot of these movies, like a lot of Sigma movies like this, Nobody ever cracks a book. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, at no point does John Cusack go, fuck, I should read. No, 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 no. He does talk about it. What is in, he? In, in the starting scene, he's like, he's like, he's like, yeah, I've read books. I've read, I can't remember what all books he, but he name drops, he name drops a bunch of books. And he's like, you know what they're about? Women. And you know what my favorite book is? The Johnny Cash autobiography. So he like, name oh drops, yeah, that's he, right. He name drops all these like really heady important books right and then he's like i've read them all you know they're just about women i don't you know i don't think they're that good but you know what the best book is when it walked the line by johnny cash or whatever the yeah fuck exactly he, he cash by johnny cash yeah that's well it. and and so like you know see here's the thing though he hasn't read, read the mahabharata <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> he hasn't read like uh the poems of love by rumi you know things that would genuinely change him his mind on things mm-hmm. uh you know it's not like he's exploring art and culture in any sort of demonstrable well, way it's because the only time he talks about books in the movie is when he's using it to back up being a pretentious dick yeah and so it's just like he just doesn't know how to humble himself before things and he's so passive about things that it's just like he'll just let them just be the stupid shit they are but not in the second act i know i mean it's it's like it's so fucking frustrating i know i know it's like i like uh, i just it hurts it it's literally it's a thorn in my fucking side it's like it it it, it, it's like a fourth of a puzzle missing yeah it is it is it is like it's um it's 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 like if if you're listening to a song and there's one discordant note it's like ah ah yeah exactly i am i am i am so fucking heated about this like yesterday i finished the movie and i couldn't go to sleep because i was heated (laughs) i woke up this morning i was i was like going a million miles at work because i was heated and i was passionate and i was driven because this is so frustrating well it yeah it doesn't really quite make sense why this is always the angle and it feels like the rejection of change the rejection of of these things it's about two things, right? On one hand, it's about uh, maintaining this air so that the movie can give you the impression that it's about change, but also he never has to let go of his addictions. Because his addictions, it turns out, are the basis of the whole fucking movie. But- because like his addiction to purchasing vinyl, right? Yeah. Or his addiction to... Uh, like 
owning collectibles yeah. as if that's your personality or like it's it's a capitalist thing it's he thinks that his personality is based on the things he owns right the things he owns like literally the whole movie has this like uh spiritual bent to it where he's like going through and organizing his record collection autobiographically <laughs> I, I which is the really most like that scene fucking it's so stupid to me but like, well, I, I think the movie does a good job of explaining how unhinged it is because he's oh trying it's to exp- completely unhinged he's trying to explain to someone he's like if i have to listen or if i need to listen to uh uh f- to, to to fleetwood mac then i have to remember the exact day i bought it and then and then someone in the room is like uh uh, okay, dude. <laughs> well, and see, it's the worship of the purchase. It's right. not the record itself. It's not the music. So the question, right, to go back to the thesis of the movie, <clears throat> the opening question, does pop music make me miserable or am I mi- miserable and thus I listen to pop music? The reality is you've been given this consumptive script and you believe that instead of spending private time working on yourself you believe that you have to amass a collection of objects that you couldn't possibly even listen to in a in a current amount of time and also spinning records as few and far between as compared to owning them right. uh, buying them having them owning some sort of piece of history so the bit of it is he wants to own physically his history mm-hmm. he wants to physically own his history and it's like the attachment between capitalism, purchasing records and shit like that, and actual like personal value, like this has some sort of tangible personal value, like rumors represent that record by Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Represents to everyone who's probably listened to it and obsessed over it, that breakup. Like yeah. everybody's got that breakup and the and the album rumors like is just perfectly capturing whatever that breakup was for you, mm-hmm. right? But so who do we attribute that to? Does that, does that mean that rumors as a product, as a, as a thing you can go spend 25 bucks and go buy, um, is that representative of your past? Mm-hmm. And the answer is no. Your past is the representative of your, of your past. And music is, is simply the tool we use to process it and the tool we use to engage with it in a safe way. And so like, I find this like weird, almost obsession with collectibles obsession with spending a bunch of money on shit. You don't need that you think is going to somehow justify your position in the world. It's basically saying that your ego is the things you own. Mm -hmm. And, and like, his apartment almost represents his mind, right? Where there's just all these albums, all this stuff. And he's constantly, he feels like he's constantly making mixtapes, which is to say he sits down with everything in his mind and then he crafts a little thing and he gives it to somebody so that they'll have better taste Mm -hmm. so that they'll have comparable taste to him. Hey, I'll make you a mix. Hey, pass the aux cord. I want to show you something. Mm -hmm. And that's the way he he sees exploring his mind and the reality is like yes music is a wonderful way to connect with people but the obsessive collectible attitude and the obsessive like my ego is my property and like my engagement with the world is assembling my property inside my mind and then gifting it as if i'm gracing the world with my playlist uh is fucking stupid and the end of the movie has this big, we did it, Reddit moment. Yeah. Where, where it's just like, we're going to be okay. God, men are going to be okay. Yeah. And that's like the way it ends. And it's just like, yeah, they're going to be okay because they're going to continue to consume the same like products that they are considering to be art. They're going to be okay. Are they're greater. Gonna, they're going to keep listening to the swans. Exactly. They're going to keep listening to the same five fucking things and thinking that it's like important like i don't know it's 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 ultimately a weird vague enforcement of capitalism and Mm -hmm. it's authority 
like it's authority. It's not a movie about art and how art affects us and how art changes us and how it influences us and how it helps us process the things we need to feel. Instead, it's about how art art is a commodity, owning art is a personality, and uh, exploring that art is how you build your personality, and then communicating with other people is about delivering a mixtape. Mm-hmm. And like, if you want to change, you know, well, how am I supposed to change my collectibles? Right. I, all I am is my collectibles. Mm-hmm. The only thing I could change about my collectibles is how they're organized. Instead of by alphabetical, maybe they're all by autobiographical. So right. then I'll see and I'll care and I'll watch my life fall apart mm-hmm. in linear order or some shit. But like, I don't know. That just ain't. That just ain't it. Or, yeah. All right. Before we get before we judge the movie, top three incel bands. Top three incel bands. Yeah. Like um like bands that incels like. Or or just just bands that are in Selly. Um. Okay. Uh. Radiohead. Okay. Um. Uh. Jeez. Sorry, Radiohead fans. I like Radiohead. Okay. But like, let's acknowledge yeah. who, who is the consumer. Uh. Let's see. Hmm. What? I mean, I could say Swans, but I also know the the people that I know that listen to Swans, while being weirdly incelly, do in fact get it. Yeah. So like, and and also heroin, uh, and they get it and heroin. So I don't know if I'd call that incelly. That seems like a bit of a vibe. Uh, so we got to go with something else. All right, I'm, 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 I'm Giles gonna, Corey, maybe. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish out the list. All right, what you got? Neutral Milk Hotel. Oh fuck. Sabaton. Sa I mean maybe. I mean it, it has- Sabaton I think goes back I don't think enough people know or care about Sabaton to call that a thing. I think I think when I think of incel music, I think of self-important bullshit. So Neutral Milk Hotel was perfect. <laughs> Talk about self-important bullshit. I love that record. Sabaton is the damn. most self-important band I have ever heard. I don't I don't I think I think your hatred for Sabaton has blinded you to how many people like Sabaton. I mean maybe. I'm going to now Google um I'm going to Google incel bands. Let's see what the people in the world think incel bands kind of are. Uh, oh, the incel anthems of post-punk. Oh, that hell yeah. Ariel Pink. Yep. Yes. Yes. Big fucking agree. Go. Ariel Pink. Uh, Crywank. Crywank. I, I, haven't, I haven't heard of Crywank. Eh, I, I would absolutely 100% be like, Crywank is 100% that. Uh, gorillas, maybe? I don't know. People I like gorillas. They're, I, I, gorillas. I disagree. I disagree with that one. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I feel like this is kind of a weird thing we're doing, where we're like going through and blaming all these bads for their... <laughs> no, I... I, I, I... <laughs> Yeah, I, I Ariel wanna, Pink deserves it because Ariel, Ariel Pink, Pink is a, a right wing piece of I don't, shit. I don't, I don't, I don't think you can blame a band because they, well, like Neutral Milk Hotel. Like I, I, you know, I really like Neutral Milk Hotel and I, and I, and I get the, I, I really like his vibe. But I feel like also a lot of incels will also will also listen to him, listen to his sorrow, and not get the fucking vibe. Okay, I have found the incel music compass. Uh, the four categories are as follows: misogynistic, sad, misanthropic, and horny. Oh hell yeah! Uh, in the misan- uh, misogynist and horny section, we've got Weezer, Kanye West, Modern Baseball, The Beatles, no. American Football, and no. Pavement. No, 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 no. Uh, 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 insert bleep here. Na- showed you showed us that list one time. Oh yeah, it was like, I think tag that's yourself. right. Um. And then it's got let misogynistic me, let, and sad is neutral milk hotel, the Smiths, Radiohead, the Stone yes, Roses, yes. Red House Painters, Slow Dive. Insert in, insert name here literally Yeah, literally. some bitch literally fucking <laughs> Yeah. Okay, sad misanthropic. We've got Car Seat Headrest, Duster, Damn. Godspeed You Black Emperor, Slim <laughs> Sunbather, and Joy Division. Um which Joy Division oh in Cellcore. I do like Godspeed You Black Emperor. They're okay. Um, You're okay. Horny and misanthropic. We've got Deftones. <laughs> wow! All right, fuck you, first of all, because Deftones is my favorite. Uh, 
Anyway, Black Country New Road, Death Grips, Death Heaven, Nine Inch Nails, and Swans. So they consider Swans to be in Cellcore, but I don't know if I'd consider Nine Inch Nails to be in Cellcore because I, I know way too many teenage girls who uh, got it on to that whole record. Well, right, but there's also way too many incels <laughs> who, who will never get it on. To swans for sure. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I, I feel like every every incel ever probably at some point listened to that one Nine Inch Nails song, "Wish." That's like, uh, why isn't there anything in the world that's for me? And they're just like, I'm. Yeah, what's wrong? Why Why does no girl like to want to touch my penis? Um, which is fair. I mean, why? Why, why? dude? All right. Why doesn't she? All right. After that tangent. Uh, we need to review this film. Uh, <clears throat> crap or gold? Crap. Crap. All right. Uh, I mean, we've spent an hour and five minutes going over why crap, we think this is crap. Dude. Here, I'll give you one reason why this movie kind of rules. Okay? One. There's only one. Jack Black? Joan Cusack. Okay? Joe. Joan Cusack. J-O-A-N. That is John Cusack's sister. She's a quirky weirdo who I adore. Who and is she's, she in the movie? She's like, a, I don't even remember. She's just like very unrelated character. Oh. Um, she's kind of like that, that woman that's like very frantic all the time. Oh, the, the mutual friend. Yeah, Liz. the mutual friend, Liz, who's only, very, very frantic. The only character's name I can remember. I love her. Uh, yeah. in it, like I love her in everything she's ever been in. I remember this one time I was driving down a dark country road and I I was spinning the radio around, turning the dials on the tuner when I found myself on a radio station where Joan Cusack was reading the UFO reports. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I love her. And it's been that since then. And also I would like to uh, throw this little hat in the ring I find that Joan Cusack and Azrael Erickson <laughs> have a lot in common. <laughs> yeah. I find them both looking and sounding similar. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the one good reason for High Fidelity. They actually gave Joan Cusack a speaking role in a film. Right. That's cool. Unfortunately, uh, it's not as good as School of Rock, so fuck this movie. Uh, go watch School of Rock. Uh, All right. Yeah. And we'll see y'all next week. Yep. Uh, and uh, go to the Patreon. Do the things. Go yeah, the you ads, can do the things. Subscribe, like. <laughs> <laughs>